Kia ora and welcome to Tech Bytes. I'm Craig Young, CEO of Twins, and once a month I sit down with a digital leader and have a chat about things that are important at the time. And this month I'm talking with Brooke Roberts, the co-CEO and co-founder of Sharesies. I hope you enjoy this session. Well, kia ora and welcome everybody and um, welcome to our October Tech Bytes. Great to be back with you. Um, if you haven't met me before, you haven't seen me around, Craig Young, I'm the CEO of Tuans, have been now for eight years actually, it's my eighth um, year anniversary this month, so I'm still enjoying it I think, uh, no I am enjoying it, it's been great, and today I'm really pleased to be talking to Brooke Roberts, Brooke is the, and I'm going to go through it, the co-CEO, co-founder and director of Sharesies, and um, it's good to talk again Brooke, because um, you took part in our 2019 Future of Work conference in Wellington, when we could meet in person. And I was checking back, and it was actually almost the same time during the year uh, as it was October in 2019. Um, so welcome. Good to see you. Great to see you, and congrats on eight years. Yeah, it's a fair chunk of time, eh? Hey, um, and a lot, of, a lot has changed over those couple of years since you talked to us at the Future of Work conference. Um, would you mind introducing yourself just a little bit? including, you know, what you are doing at Shizzy's at the moment and, and, and any other thing that you're involved with? Yeah. yeah. Kia ora koutou, ko Brooke I'm one of the co-founders, co-CEOs and um, directors at Shizzy's. Uh Yeah, there's six of us that founded Shizzy's nearly six years ago, six years wow. ago this month, which time has flown. Um, yeah, and now, you know, they've got a team based here in Tafanganui, Otara, Wellington, Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland, and also Sydney. That's cool. Six years. I can't believe that time's gone so quickly. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting you're in Sydney. I'm off to Sydney later this month. Um, airline ticket prices are expensive at the moment, aren't they? It's twice the, it's costing me twice as much to go than it was in 2019. So look, um, I've had a look, I've had to think about this. You, you've had quite a journey to get to this spot you know if your LinkedIn profile is anything to go by so through that journey what were some of the key skills you learned or experiences you had on your journey before you started at Shearsies? Yeah uh, trying to think where to start with my journey uh, yeah. so I grew up here in Aotearoa and um most, yeah, the North Island and Manirewa, Tauranga, uh, Hawke's Bay, and, and then moved to Tifangani Otara, Wellington for university. I also did a little stint in the States for four years when I was in my pre-teens and early teens, which was a bit of fun. I then, it wasn't really until I was at... Uh, uni uh, at high school actually that I started to see how I could channel all my energy I've been quite uh energetic child uh that was not that good in um classroom situations I guess when you just wanted to get up and get out and I uh, needed to sit there and you know do all the learning I think they teach quite differently these days which would have proven quite good for me but uh it wasn't until uh, high school that I was able to start channeling that energy and that passion I had into something and that's when I started to create businesses uh I had done a few things when I was younger trying to earn some money on the side 
but uh, it was at yeah high school. I asked my business studies teacher if I could start a business. Had this um, idea. She was keen as to support me, which was awesome. And she then also said, "There's this thing out there called Young Enterprise, which we didn't have at our school at the time." Which is that maybe we could bring that. Uh, and so we brought Young Enterprise to our school, and I did that for a couple of years and really enjoyed that. Thought I'd just continue running businesses because uh, I. I really learned so much and actually still reflect on a lot of the learnings I had, you know, back when I was at high school. uh, But then last minute, I decided to go to university, studied marketing, international business, ended up picking up finance, stoked I did, uh, because I really enjoyed learning about the wider economy and how investing works and how that works on a, you know, global stage. And I think that really set me up well in terms of channeling that energy again and then I think at university I started to go oh maybe there's more that I need to learn in this space and go into a bit of the corporate world while I still uh, you know have a go at businesses on the side but at that time it felt like I had to choose I had to choose marketing or finance like the schools were very separate the way the teachers thought were really separate I remember one of the lecturers saying to me a finance lecturer going what are you studying marketing for anyway? You're just going to learn how to stock shelves. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, they're, they're, it's a very crucial part of being able to create a company that, you know, and being able to talk to people and understand how, you know, the products and services could impact their lives and what that all, you know, I just saw that there was so much to be able to pull these worlds together, but I didn't really know how. And then I got introduced to a leader who was leading in the finance area, but also had a strong marketing background. I was like, you can combine these somehow and and fell into product management, which I really enjoyed in banking and, and did that for a number of years. And then I worked at Zero, where I got to be able to see how to take a company that was started here in Aotearoa Global and learned a lot about how to run a global business from watching that and being part of that. And in the meantime, was looking at ideas on the side felt like there was something in the financial fintech space that I could potentially add some value or really wanted to see disruption. Got connected with Sonia through later my husband, um, those two of the co-founders, and then six of us co-founders got together around this idea that everybody deserves an equal opportunity to grow their wealth. And there's just no reason that someone with $5 or $5 million can't have the same money opportunities with the technology available today. So we decided to combine our heads, come together and talk to people for over six months, just really listening and learning about how what money meant to them and if they wanted to be an investor and ultimately had the impetus to quit our day jobs and get into creating sharesies. Yeah. There's a couple of things I picked up in there. For example, um, you know, one thing, you always had something going on as a bit of a side hustle. So is that right? You always had a bit of a side hustle somewhere along the line? I was always, yeah, I was always, oh, they've got a graveyard of domain names and um, (laughs) company registrations. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I was always trying and watching and learning and exploring and, uh, but never had found the, you know, the thing that really captivated and felt like it would be my life's work until Sheezy's came about. And, and, did I hear right, and you can t- agree with me or disagree with me, that as you went through those roles within corporate, you know, zero and, and banking, 
you were picking up skills, but you were also being very um, proactive at thinking about what those skills you were picking up and how they were going to help you develop something of your own come the future rather than just sitting in the role. Does that, does that resonate? Yeah, I was always watching and observing and asking questions and listening. And I think the biggest part that I learned that I really was channeling was leadership, like really learning how, how do the, all the different leadership styles I could see and, and what yeah. worked and what didn't. And, um, you know, when I started a company, what would I want to see in that company and what would I not? And it was really great to have those experiences and I would be acutely observing and seeing what worked, what didn't, why things worked. And and now being in this, um, having, you know, been part of the leadership of Sharesies for the last six years, it's really interesting the perceptions I have now of those leadership styles. Like back then I was like, oh, why do they do that? And I'm like, oh, I see why they did that, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, I was always very interested in how the actual business functioned and how the people worked together and how they were corralled around a purpose and just constantly wanting to learn and be curious yeah. in the environment I was in. I don't know about you, but it was probably some of those days in corporate life where you also learned things that you perhaps wouldn't or shouldn't do um when you got your own business as well. So yeah. Yeah, it, I think in any life, I actually didn't feel like I was in a corporate at any of those. Oh. They really felt like high growth companies when I was at Zero and also at Kiwi Bank and even AJ Park and GS1 New Zealand. It always, I always felt that sense of getting closer to the purpose and the growth. But I mean, when I look back into or when you start your startup, you're like, okay, yep, they've got a few more things got sorted out than us. They're definitely probably more in that corporate category, but I didn't feel yeah. like they were. Yeah, yeah. One of the comments you just made, but it's also in your profile about this belief that everyone desire, uh, deserves the opportunity to grow with their wealth and investing should be accessible to everyone. Um, I wonder about um, what values of yours drove that perspective. Um, and then particularly about its apl applicability to women who, I mean, I haven't seen any research on this because I've, you know, focused in on tech, but I guess that they are less engaged in this form of investing than men I might be putting my you know might be completely wrong in that but have you got a perspective on that I definitely have a perspective on that but on. I'll start with your first question there yep. in terms of uh what values. Was the, first part again? the values, values exactly yeah. So, yeah um I I grew up seeing two worlds I grew up seeing a world where, um, you know, I was the only child and there was disposable income around. And then I also grew up in a world where I was one of five and it was really hard to make ends meet. And I just saw the starkly the difference in opportunities that are created from having uh, access to, to wealth and income and money, essentially. Uh, you know, one side you can go to dance classes, on the other you're hoping that, like, you know, things can be met by the end of the week, you know. So I, I I I saw both worlds and I always was like, why aren't these closer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why are there more equitable opportunities? And that's just my perspective. It is step back, you know, there's this big K recovery or K economy, not even recovery, 
K-shaped economy going on at the moment where those that are, have a bit at the moment, you've got a bit of wealth, you know, you can develop that because money grows money. But if, you know, if you're if, if on the harder, if you, it's harder to have that money in your life, it can get harder and harder and harder. It's like this downward yeah. spiral, upward spiral. And that needs to be condensed. And there needs to be more opportunity for people to have access to to developing wealth and creating the opportunities in the futures they want. Ultimately, society will flourish from that. And that is something that really did corral all of us early on. Our values at Sharesies are really about being in it together, having a real collective culture and feeling that a real sense of one team because knowing that, you know, I get to be here and talk to you today, but I'm here representing all of Sharesies. I'm not Sharesies, you know, and it's not with the, these recognitions that come for Sharesies and feeling part of a real collected, connected team. And then always care, really caring about each other, caring about our investors. You know, sometimes as companies grow, they can get a bit more internally focused and um, miss what's really happening out there. So feeling really connected to our investors and what uh, and how we can support them even more on their wealth development journeys. And when I say investors, I mean customers. And then uh, and then chase remarkable. What are ways that we can add that cherry on top? Really change the game. Really create the world that we want to see and work together to really create lovable experiences. So those are the values that drive us at Shares These. And you know, uh, before the you come down, do was, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I've written down Chase Remarkable because I think that's a really cool way of putting that. Yeah. Sorry I interrupted you. It's always a chase, yeah. Yeah. And then the perception that women are less likely to invest is I would say so much put on the structures that have been around. Uh, you know, I remember growing up and hearing stories from my nana about when she went to the bank, she'd always have to take a, you know, a, mm. her partner or man with her to, to be listened to or to get, or not even for her to be listened to, but to talk through. But, but you know, she was the wheeler and teller, you know, and I think it, there's just so many um, aspects in the past that have made the system less friendly to others and and more male dominated essentially and but that that is changing and we see really strong female um, representation uh, of those that identify as female on our platform and we see growing demand there and we see a growing change in society of you know money being less taboo and that means that more people are sharing and opening up about what's happening in their lives and with money and with that sharing more knowledge comes available and social media or access to information has really increased recently too so those barriers are starting to be removed and there's a long history of uh, that being left out that needs to be changed that is starting to change and I think that's something that's going to be quite important. And often it's seen as, oh, women are less, you know, more risk adverse uh, and things like that. Well, actually we just did research and shows that it's exactly not the case. There's research out there that shows that women are more likely to be a buy and hold investor where they buy investments that they really care about and they'll hold them. And, uh, and there's research out there that also proves that that's a a really strong investing strategy in the long term too. So uh, there's a lot of change happening. Oh, look, I'm old enough to remember being taken as a school child to see the New Zealand Stock Exchange floor in Wellington with the chalkboard and the only women in the room were the two that were doing the 
the chalk, you know, actually doing the chalkboard. And to get a to be able to get into shares, you had to get an account with a a broker, okay. and then that you're swapping pieces of paper, and your trade might take days and things. So yeah, it's um it's amazing. You know, platforms like yours are democratizing. You know, those sorts of discussions. And the comment you made about the there's less taboo about talking about money is um, really important as well. What you do with your kids. I mean, with my kids, we talk to money about we talked with them about money right from the beginning yeah um and just talking about kids um i'd want to come back to your journey because on the profile you sent through you did proudly list that you're a mum of two and it's a and i know we have a lot of our young women in particular listen to this into this i mean it's a perennial question that i never got asked but women get asked which is how do you balance all those aspects of your life with so much going on yeah definitely has a question we get asked <laughs> uh and um yeah there's a lot of interesting assumptions sometimes in those questions but ultimately there is uh yeah i feel quite fortunate to have been able to you know have this family that we've got and uh be able to actually be based in Whanganui Otara knowing that i'm only ever 15 minutes away from them and i think structures like that really help uh, when um, the opportunity cost of time really has changed yeah. for, for you know, Leighton and I. Um, and I always find it kind of a hard question to answer because you just, you know, when you've got passion and purpose and drive and deep love and care, you, you know, like it, it kind of finds its way. And I don't know if it's a balance, probably my friend describes it, but more of a blur. And I kind of relate to that, you know, there's not, <laughs> yeah. there's not Brook at Shazies and Brook at home. I'm all one person and um, my kids will come into work or I'll go, you know, like a, I think it all just blurs together. Um, and I'm happy with that for me because, because yeah. I also know when put boundaries in and know, uh, that old analogy of what are glass balls and what are rubber balls, what are, you know, things that I'll never drop because they could smash versus other ones that could bounce back if I just didn't do that today or this week or this month. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of wondering also, I mean, it's just a, I haven't thought much about this, whether the pandemic changed some of that as well. Uh, maybe not for you because you're already in that situation, but you know, I'm still having team meetings with my team where their kids are coming into the, the room, et cetera, because, we do that now it's just the way it is right and you you just you don't miss a beat you say hi and then you continue on it's just you are that's who you are and I think that's actually not a bad thing actually I mean we all learned about yeah, our pets didn't we that's true and we yeah. got to get to know each other in our lives and our homes and build that empathy and understanding for that whole person a bit more too and I think that you know, BBC image of um, that man being interviewed and then you know hushing his you know, his child away. I think having that before the pandemic was probably good for some people to go. Actually, that's not how I will do it, um, and we'll find a way of embracing that and accept, accepting that. And so, I don't know if that played into it, but um, yeah. yeah, it was. It, I, I, our lives became a bit closer in that moment, eh? and we we're all, you know, had the similar anxieties and worries about what was happening in the world and what would happen to our families and what would happen to the community and how we'd all get through it financially or um, get food at home or toilet paper. You know, that there was all of that that we were collecting around, and 
I like that I see now that people are thinking differently about how they work and and having that hybrid approach. There's a lot of benefits of going into work into the office if, if people are in office work and being able to connect and be with others and share and inspire each other and uh, push the projects or things that are working on forward and also making sure they could do that in a way that means that they can be the type of parents they want to be or you know have that uh, that shared responsibility I've noticed a lot more now too yeah or in my case to be the grandparent you want to be I'm getting old now (laughs) um can we just take that a little bit further um because you are a leader in tech I mean she is, is a fintech development and what words of advice would you give to young women in particular who are looking at tech or startups in tech as some advice? We need way more in tech and STEM. Um, so yeah. fantastic and uh, keep pushing through. And there's there's support and connections out there. I think I'm really stoked as I've been on this journey in tech that there's been so many people that have out there to support or uh, um, associations now where you can get insights you know meetups whatever it might be there's a lot of ways you can build your crew and your uh, support network as you go through your career or start to decide to run your own company and that is so fundamental for the resilience and the the finding the way through tough times that can happen if you're running your own company or even in your own career as things pop up. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for more people to get into tech, especially tech for good businesses that are really oh, yeah. creating a social environmental change. I would love to see um, more and more of that here in Aotearoa. And there's some incredible examples of businesses in that space already. And I I think that could be, and I know others do too, a really strong position for Aotearoa globally too. Uh, yeah, there's heaps of opportunities to connect. So yeah, exciting times for them. We know that there's not enough women, there's not enough Maori and Pacifica in the technology space. Um, and we're not um, we're not telling the stories to our kids about why why doing tech or being involved in some sort of digital way is um, is is cool and and, and worth it. Because, um, I mean, the TEC did their research last year and most kids want to be a sports star. So, you know, there's got to be more stories we can tell them about what, what we can do. Look, I'm going to just land on this last big question, which is as an entrepreneur in technology and, in develop, you know, you're exporting, you're now in Australia, we have this aim, or we, to ends has this aim of New Zealand being in the top 10 digital ready nations by 2030. What big ideas do you think we should be focusing on? Top 10 digital ready. Yeah, so we, you know, if you look at nations like Singapore and Finland, you know, or Estonia, we want to be like them, in my mind, anyway. Um, so is there anything in particular you think we ought to be thinking about to get us to that position? Because we're certainly not there at the moment. And when you say like them in terms of the uh, amount of tech startups or the access to um, digital devices or the investment into technology, like, you if, know. What, if you're going to be what, digital ready, it's holistic. It's across the board. It's about equity. Mm-hmm. It's about um, access. It's about startups. You know, it's about access to finance. Yeah. Um, thanks for throwing the questions back at me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's all about those Sorry. things. But, you know, no, no, that's <laughs> but right. But just help me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So as, as, a, as, as a startup, 
uh, um, you know, is there something New Zealand should be doing to, you know, make sure that people like you are successful and you bring others along in the journey? In Aotearoa, we have so many strengths uh, and so much we can learn from too and relearn in terms of where we're, the whenua, like where we're based. Yeah. Uh, there's so much for us to be uh, really open to in terms of uh, te Māori and, and the aspects, the way of thinking, I think, that we could really um, all benefit from and uh, if we just listened and relearned and, uh, you know, really learned the history, I think, of Aotearoa. And in saying that, you know, we we are a country that I do fundamentally care. We care about people. We saw that in um, our response recently and we uh, want to, we've got a lot of pride too. There's a lot of stuff to be proud of here and we're historically incredible innovators and uh, and and entrepreneurs and how can we collectively share on a world stage that we're the place where tech for good is is the benchmark you know where every company here that's in tech space is really driving a, a, a thinking about stakeholders not just shareholders driving social or environmental change and really connecting to people uh, and place and that's something that I think is more innate in us and we could really, really catapult that. And I think that would mean so much more talent coming in from New Zealand too and from Aotearoa of people going, hey, that's a thing. That's where I want to put my time. That's where I want to drive the change. I've actually got those skills because I understand technology, I, you know, especially the rangatahi, the youth, that, you know, there's, there's a lot more access to technology now um, and there's a growing need. So, but that's a space I feel like there's a lot that could be crafted and could yeah. really catapult, see that it's it's a big sector here uh, that yeah. needs a lot more investment and a lot yeah. more access to equity. We had this awesome presentation at last year's Two Ends Conference from Kylie really about how Te Ao Māori was New Zealand's superpower and I thought that was it's just such a great thought and a great way to think about it hey look thanks so much for your time yeah, any yeah, last comments oh yeah oh Kylie is an incredible friend of mine and uh inspires me so much and yeah. drives yeah, yeah drives me so that's really cool to hear and uh yeah it's good great that she did that any last comments or thoughts you want to share before we finish up our chat um, no just thanks heaps for your time that's all right. Well, thank you very much, Brooke, for giving up your time because I know you're incredibly busy. Um, so very thankful to you. Um, I just want to do a shout out um, before we finish out to the Black Ferns who are kicking off this weekend, uh, the World Woo-hoo! Cup. Well, I'm very excited to be watching that. Um, and if you are listening to this, there are two previous sessions uh, for Tech Bites where we've talked to Sarah Hirani when she came back from the Olympics and winning the gold medal seven. So, you know, you can go back and listen to that one. And then a couple of months ago, we talked to Angela Nash, who's the CIO at New Zealand Rugby, about the World Cup as well. So um, if you are listening to this, um, well, as I said, they kick off this weekend, so you've got a chance to go and listen to them. But other than that, um, Mati Wa, and thank you, Brooke. Kia <laughs> 